Yo, yo, yo. Oh, yo. <laughs> What's going on? Hi. I have already had a couple drinks. Trying to catch up here. Yeah, you got some work to do. I was at the dog park bar with Becca. Is it strange that I want to go there even though I don't have a dog? Um, No, I don't have a dog <laughs> and I'm going there. I want to have a drink and pet other people's cute dogs. That's what I was doing. It's great. Sounds great. Yeah. What's the length of your average stay at the dog park bar? Well, I've been there twice. So I'd say hour and a half, two hours. Oh, wow. Maybe. It's a lot of dogs. Yes. And you know what's cool? There's all these people who are super friendly. You know, some people go to church. (laughs) Right. Some people go to the dog park bar. Everyone needs a community. (laughs) And I really love dogs. I just don't want one. So Mm -hmm. I like petting other people's dogs, especially when I get to sit in a nice chair in the sun and have a drink. It's kind of like what I envision grandbabies to be like. Right. (laughs) You play with them, you get to suck up all the joy, and then you're like, okay, bye now. Have fun taking care of that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For anyone who's interested here in the North Seattle area, it's called Dogwood, and it's awesome. I'm definitely going to need to check that out sometime soon. You should come with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have asked several people that I've met, like, would it be weird if I just showed up here? I don't have a dog. <laughs> like you didn't go with someone who right. was taking their dog. You just. I think it's different than like, you know, a grown man going to a kid's movie by himself. Ew. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't sound as gross. Totally. And coincidentally is a wonderful lead in for our topic today. Yeah. Are there any dogs mounting other dogs at the dog park that you've observed? Have any of them tried to mount your leg? (laughs) No, actually, I'm certain that dogs have mounted each other. Again, I've only been there twice. And again, not being one of the dog parents, I'm not always paying attention to them. Dog parents. You know. Yeah. Anyway, I honestly can't remember what made me think of this topic. I think I sent you an article or something, or maybe I just saw it. I don't even know. About sexual behavior in different animal species. I was like, we should talk about that sometime. I will say in the research, there were quite a few interesting photos. Indeed. Animal (laughs) masturbation and just sexual moments between animals. Very interesting sexual like moments. animal porn. <laughs> yeah. Is there a word for somebody who's turned on by animals? Bestiality? Well, no, that's the act, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Okay. I'm not really up on my... <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're going to the dog park and you're like... That's not why. <laughs> really into animals lately. I don't know. I'm into sitting and drinking in the sun with my friend. <laughs> And watching cute four-legged friends. Happen to be petting some dogs while I do it. (laughs) I'm going to have to put a bestiality trigger warning. Trigger warnings all around. (laughs) We're going to talk about some untoward (laughs) things in today's episode. Slash immature. (laughs) Well, certainly immature. I think they're used to that from us. But some things that we would like to give you a little trigger warning for when we talk about all these sexual behaviors of animals. So if you don't want to hear about that, then maybe skip this one. (laughs) All the components. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one of my favorite classes in college was called human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about was different sexual behaviors in animal species. And I specifically remember bonobo monkeys. And I know we've talked about this before. Many times. Yes. I feel um, like they must be the most heavily researched because yes. they are constantly used as an example. Well, I think a lot of species are researched. They have the most examples of that kind of behavior, like outside of just pro creation they're pretty sex positive oh very those bonobos <laughs> uh-huh they would be your kink queens and kings on the apps for sure i'm coming back as a bonobo <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably used to be a bonobo 
episodes. So yeah, I just thought it would be interesting to talk about some of this because there's been a lot of research done. How do you get that job? How do you become a research scientist who's like, I'm going to study how different species of animals sexually pleasure each other? (laughs) Well, you probably go to many years of school and get your PhD. You're giving me a very serious answer to what was a very silly question. (laughs) I think that this topic is fascinating because there are so many examples in the animal kingdom of behaviors that humans have deemed aberrant or deviant and have vilified. And so I think that it's maybe educational for those people who probably aren't listening to this, but who might think that, you know, same-sex interactions are not natural or one of many things that we will discuss here. Because there are examples of them all over the goddamn animal kingdom. So I want to talk about the lions for a minute. I like lions. (laughs) Me too. They're very beautiful, powerful creatures, just like us. (laughs) I didn't know about their sexual behavior until we were doing this research. Lions live in social groups called prides. That's the one part of this I knew. Yeah, same. (laughs) So there'll be more females than males. And the females are usually born into the pride, but the males enter the pride from a different pride. What will happen is male lions create these coalitions. So they buddy up they'll take their boys and look for a pride to take over. They'll like challenge the existing male coalition in a pride. Mm -hmm. And if they win, all of the existing males in the pride exit and the new males come in. Mm -hmm. In that time, while they're in between prides and on the lookout Mm -hmm. for a new one, the male coalition engages in sexual behavior with each other. Mm -hmm. And it supposedly strengthens the bond in the coalition. Coalition. Yeah. Interesting because they're such majestic, powerful, beautiful creatures, often portrayed as the king, king of the of animal the jungle. kingdom. Yeah. Like the most alpha you can get. And, and yet, yet, they still like a little naughty play with their buddies. <laughs> Not naughty, natural. I don't think that those are mutually exclusive, actually. <laughs> That's true. Not the way I'm using the word naughty anyway. You're using it as like a positive adjective. Hell yeah. Still insinuates wrongdoing though. That's true. Okay. I retract my naughty. (laughs) Never retract your naughty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There are so many examples of animals using sexual activity and affection as just Just part of their being social. Yeah. Their social interaction and their bonding and even like conflict resolution. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the bonobos that probably get into a huge fight and then they make out? Just fuck it out. (laughs) (laughs) There's some real makeup sex going on there. Absolutely. But it seems for a lot of these animals going down on each other or whatever is no big deal. Just a way to pass the time. I mean, they can't use iPads and like watch TV (laughs) and stuff. So what else are they going to (laughs) do? I think I'm just going to sit over here and masturbate. Let me know if you need anything. Right? Speaking of masturbation. So a lot of the information we got today was from the Wikipedia entry entitled Non-Reproductive Sexual Behavior in Animals. And it talks about masturbation. And it says, it's widespread throughout mammals for both males and females. It's less common in birds. There are several techniques in which animals engage in masturbation from using paws, feet, flippers, tails, and sometimes using objects like sticks, pebbles, and leaves. (laughs) By the way, less common in birds, but they do do it because I read somewhere that they will use a 
tuft of grass or something oh, yeah. and like that rub is... their birdly body. I yes, guess. exactly. <laughs> make it feel some, better. Some birds more than others. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty birds. Dirty birds. Shockingly, masturbation occurs more often in primate species with larger testes relative to their body size. Oh, that's weird. So weird. But then I loved this. <laughs> This was actually written in 1927 by sexologist Havelock Ellis in his, I don't know if it's a book or an essay or something, Studies in the Psychology of Sex. He said, I am informed by a gentleman who is a recognized authority on goats that they sometimes take the penis into the mouth and produce actual orgasm, thus practicing autofellatio. As regards ferrets, if the bitch, when in heat, cannot obtain a dog, as in male ferret, not like a dog dog, right? Bitches and dogs. Bitches and dogs. She pines and becomes ill. If a smooth pebble is introduced into the hutch. (laughs) Oh, it's like the ferret house. Yeah. It's a hutch. A hutch. (laughs) She will masturbate upon it, thus preserving her normal health for one season. (laughs) But then they said she's done with the pebble, right? The next season, she's like, "Mm -mm, I used that pebble last year. I don't like it anymore. Yeah. She will not, as formerly, be content with it. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this is one guy's account from the 20s. I think he might have just had a weird thing for ferrets. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) you know, here's the thing. I would like to take this as evidence that 100 years ago, people were witnessing same-sex behavior in the animal kingdom. Solo sex behavior in this case. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. But like all these different modalities. I don't know what the word would be, but that... You know, all the puritanical bullshit that humans put onto all this shit and shame people for wanting to try stuff or do things or be somebody or whatever it is, is bullshit. Fortunately for animals, they aren't really worried about what others are going to think of them. They're just worried about getting theirs. So they'll do whatever they need to do. Yeah. Before we move on from good old flicking the bean, I want to... <laughs> I hate it when people call it that. <laughs> I would like to talk about dolphins for just a moment. Sure. Dolphins are notoriously sex crazed. Everybody loves dolphins. Well, true. They're also very aggressive and I think pretty dangerous because they just rape. Oh, yeah. Damn. It doesn't say that in this article, but I have heard that before that they are very sexually aggressive. But according to David Linden, professor of neuroscience at Johns Hopkins, perhaps the most creative form of animal masturbation is that of the male bottlenose dolphin, which has been observed to wrap a live wriggling eel around his penis. Oh, he's like, get over here, you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Come here, little eel. Have I got a treat for you. I told you they're like very rapey. I missed that part. Jesus. (laughs) Okay, well, moving on from masturbation, let's go to another M and talk about monogamy. Mm -hmm. So only three to 5% of mammal species are monogamous. And that includes us. Right. As a typically monogamous species. This article called Six Weird Ways Your Sex Life is Different from Other Mammals <laughs> by Susanna Weiss for Glamour. It says, it's possible that we need to have at least two committed parents because human babies are so damn hard to take care of. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even though they talk about how human relationships are monogamous. I'm not sure. I mean, I think a lot of people would argue that that is going against our nature. There's a very quick little article from BBC Science Focus magazine called Are Animals Monogamous? That says something that I think applies. It says biologists tend to split monogamy into social monogamy, like a pair living together to mate, share resources and care for the young. 
and genetic monogamy, which is a couple exclusively having sex and reproducing with each other. So when you think about that in terms of humans, it sort of starts to encompass like the friends and community that we have around us to help us in life and rearing kids. So like it takes a village mentality. Kardashian and Tristan Thompson are just genetic monogamists. I wouldn't know. (laughs) Since they only fucking have kids together. But meanwhile, he's fucking millions of other people. Oh, then yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I actually wrote down here. I wrote down Megan and Michelle because as part of the Wikipedia entry, it talks about same-sex pair bonding and parenting. And it says, in companion bonding, sexual engagement is not necessary in the relationship. This form of same-sex relationship is more of a partnership and friendship, and they spend all their time together. <laughs> That's where I worked out Megan and Michelle. Aww. I know. But then um, it goes on to talk about meadow voles. I think a vole is like a mole, like a gross little underground rodent-type yeah, thingy, like right? creepy little creatures with small feet that live underground. Right. I don't like that, <laughs> but I do like this. It says they prefer communal nesting because of the thermoregulatory benefits, and therefore in the winter and spring, female meadow voles will commonly not only nest with another female, but nurse their offspring together as well. This kind of communal nursing and same-sex social bonds among meadow voles is actually thought to benefit the young, increasing growth and survival rates. So I think that that is where... So they're like fundamentalist Mormons. Fuck. <laughs> okay, you can look at it that way. <laughs> I was thinking that it takes a village mentality, like how we have our community of families that we kind of rely on each other. And mm-hmm. I think they would say the same thing. <laughs> okay, you're probably right, but I like our way better. Sorry, I just <laughs> recently watched that Keep Sweet. Yeah, I still haven't watched up. that. I can't remember the full name of it. Keep oh. Sweet and something... I don't know. It's about Warren Jeffs and his fundamentalist bullshit, right? Yeah. And the girls that escaped from that. Yeah. I need to watch that. Ooh, do you remember the male paired penguins at the Central Park Zoo? No. Well, then I pulled it up on my phone to tell you about it because it's so good. Their names were Roy and Silo. They were born in 1987. Got both of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were two male chinstrap penguins at New York City's Central Park Zoo. In 1998, they were seen by staff to be performing mating rituals. And one of them in 1999 attempted to hatch a rock as if it were an egg. This inspired the zookeepers to give them an egg from a pair of penguins, which could not hatch it, which resulted in them both raising a chick that was named Tango. Aww. They did break up eventually. They drifted apart. And Silo then paired with a female penguin named Scrappy. Well, sometimes you try the modern family and it doesn't work out for you, but kudos to them for giving it a go. Giving it a shot, right? Mm. It's just so great. I I hope Tango was okay when they split up. It says Tango herself was viewed in a similar situation with another female penguin. Yeah. But yeah, there were like children's books written about Roy and Silo. And I think there was a play. There was an article that was very long and academic. I think you're talking about the one from the Scientific American. Yeah. And it's called Why is Same-Sex Sexual Behavior So Common in Animals? Right. The main thing that I took away from that article was as humans, we are the ones who kind of introduced the whole concept of being heterosexual or homosexual Mm -hmm. or any stigma associated with any of that. But animals that have been around for as longer longer than we have Mm -hmm. they don't classify anything that way they just behave 
how they are naturally inclined to behave. They've always exhibited these behaviors. So whether they're having sexual, you know, interactions with same sex counterparts or different sex counterparts or just doing it to be social or doing it to mate or whatever, Mm -hmm. we're the ones who've created all these like rules in this narrative around sexuality. Mm -hmm. I think the point they were trying to make was as humans, we are the ones who've created like categories and boxes of Mm -hmm. like, this is what this is called. And this is how this should be. And this is when you do this. And this is when this is appropriate. And we did that to ourselves. This isn't what nature is. Yeah. Part of what they were saying is that all the research up until recently that's been done on same-sex behavior or what they're calling deviant behavior, all of the research has been through a lens of underlying assumptions Mm -hmm. of the heteronormative ways of our world. Right. Well, I think that there's just an assumption that animals mate to reproduce, period. Mm -hmm. And the research is showing that, no, they mate to be social. They mate because they're in the same space. Yeah. They mate to form tighter bonds, companionship, like the lion prides. Yeah. The actual hypothesis here says the ancestral animal species mated indiscriminately with regard to sex, i.e. they mated with individuals of all sexes, if only because it is unlikely that the other traits required to recognize a compatible mate, like differences in size, shape, color, or odor, for example, unlikely that those evolved at exactly the same time as the sexual behaviors. So over time, they definitely, I mean, There is an evolutionary advantage, obviously, to mating and procreating with the strong of the species or whatever, right? Says you want your offspring to survive. But they're saying they don't think that animals would have had the wherewithal to notice those things necessarily as early as they would have noticed that they had an erection and needed to do something with it. Right. (laughs) Mating is not just about reproducing. As it turns out. Yeah. They said they're hoping that their hypothesis will expand understanding of the diversity of the natural world, and they want to encourage scientists to consider what discoveries in evolutionary biology are possible when we break free from the cultural norms and assumptions that have historically constrained scientific creativity. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Also, of note, there's a disclaimer on this article that says, we intentionally do not use terms such as heterosexual or homosexual when talking about animal behavior to prevent any conflation between human sexuality and non-human animal sexual behaviors. Nice. Yeah. Can we talk about boning? (laughs) Please. (laughs) Back to this Glamour article. Okay. (laughs) There were some real gems in here. Mm -hmm. And at some point, humans lost their penis bones. (laughs) (laughs) It says, when other mammals bone, they literally bone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) According to a study published in the Proceedings of the Royal Society. Sounds very formal. It sure does. A penis bone allows animals to spend a longer time having sex, which apparently leaves other males less time to swoop in and start wooing the same female. Yeah, I mean, if the hole's already filled. So this is the part I was like, interesting says since humans are monogamous at least theoretically guys don't need to worry so much about warding off other dudes with their junk i mean on the whole sure (laughs) i still wonder if it's in our biological nature to be monogamous well we have a whole episode about that i know we do But I just loved how it said, at some point, humans lost their penis bones. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, we're not sure when it happened. Yeah, like, we didn't do that research. Are there, 
are these really old skeletons that they discovered? Do they have penis bones or had their penises lost their bones at that point? Oh, good Very question. Curious. I need like an anthropologist. To so think. does Prague from the cave, when, when somebody found their fossilized remains... Right. Anthropologists, are you out there? I need to know. Yeah. Did Grog have a penis bone? What about Fred Flintstone? What about Fred Flintstone? <laughs> he probably was like Donald Duck and Winnie the Pooh. He probably, since he's just a cartoon, didn't have a penis at all. You know, here's the thing about Fred Flintstone. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> Wilma was way too good for Fred. She was a hottie. He married up and <laughs> he always had that same tattered orange garment on. Yeah. Didn't do much with himself. No. And yet somehow she would find ways to fashion herself. She had an updo and pearls. With a bone. And yeah. yeah, She was too good for Fred. Even if he had a penis bone. (laughs) It's just one more way that the fucking (laughs) patriarchy has ruined everything. It's too bad that the kids don't watch Flintstones anymore because it would be a great opportunity to be like, I wonder if Fred has a penis bone. Let me tell you about that. Hey, little kid, what do you think about this? It's interesting, though, because there's a lot of, you know, in the animal kingdom, you think about like ducks, like the male ducks have many more colors and they're always trying to attract the females. And peacocks are, the you know, very colorful and beautiful and showing off constantly. We literally call it peacocking when some dude's like showing off, right? Right. Oh, I just remembered. Well, I guess I don't still remember the actual impetus of my thought about doing this episode, but I do remember telling you that lizards do push-ups to attract. Oh, yeah. The male lizards do push-ups. I mean, I didn't know that that's why why they they were. Oh, they were trying to get you over to them. I didn't know they were flirting with me, (laughs) but I have seen them on the sidewalk. Like, yeah, they do push-ups. I just want to be like, check me out. Listen, gecko, gecko. Guys, everyone on Tinder does that, too. I normally swipe left on lizards like you. Exactly. Like, I don't want your gym selfie, little bro. (laughs) Do you have a lizard with a dad bod? (laughs) I'm into that. (laughs) Somebody who doesn't do push-ups, but maybe just rolls over with a tiny little beer. (laughs) Okay, this article actually speaks to that Mm. as well. Not the geckos with beer, but... um, (laughs) The part about peacocking says human females are more aggressive and males are pickier. It says for the same reason males are more likely to have obvious physical signs of beauty, they also compete more aggressively for mates in many animal species, while females are more selective. The male's goal is to spread the seed. We're talking about animals right now, right? Okay. Whereas females try to get the best seed, but scientists are real. What have we been doing? Well, I mean, (laughs) I try to get like at least average seed. But scientists are realizing this doesn't describe every species. Topi antelopes are one notable exception, and humans are as well. According to a study in Trends in Ecology and Evolution, Women in some cultures are just as likely to get rejected as men. Mm-hmm. And if Mean Girls has taught us anything about biology, it's that women can absolutely compete for mates. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I would like to move on to a section in the Wikipedia article called Genital Genital Rubbing. <laughs> Is it genital to genital? Genital dash genital rubbing. Okay. Also known as GG rubbing. 
<laughs> it's pretty fucking self-explanatory. But <laughs> please explain it, it in says, detail, Michelle. It's a sexual activity in which one animal rubs his or her genitals against the genitals of another animal. It's frequently used by primatologists to describe this type of sexual intimacy among female bonobos. And it's stated to be the bonobo's most typical sexual pattern undocumented in any other primate. So basically they're scissoring. That's exactly what I was thinking of yeah. when you were describing it. <laughs> but then it says, and I love this so much, the term is sometimes used in reference to gg rubbing among male bonobos under the term penis fencing oh <laughs> they're like sparring with their dicks right do, it's do, 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 like do. they have what are those things from star wars that go <laughs> <laughs> lightsabers <laughs> jesus christ it's like playing with lightsabers <laughs> is it though <laughs> yeah it kind of reminds me of it oh for some reason God, that's funny <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a couple other things from this article. I'll just okay. <laughs> Another way we're different is we don't have a mating season. Most mammals tend to breed during a specific time of year. We have a cuffing season. Yeah. In other species, mating seasons optimize the chances that children will be born into environments with optimal weather and plenty of food. I had never thought about why animals might have a mating season. That makes so much fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, it does says, however, according to Mental Floss, a mental M, floss, a capital F. We've read some articles from Mental Floss <laughs> I before. Because I think you had an aha moment. I, yeah, because I was like, Mental Floss? Oh, Mental Floss. <laughs> it's like Dental Floss. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> people are a bit more sexual in the summer and winter, though we may have cuffing season to thank for the latter. Yep. And some mammals like rats do breed all year round. You know, we've talked before about how in the spring, when the weather is getting nicer, and then into the summer... Mm -hmm. those dating apps, like people are hitting them hard. Well, yeah, that goes back to our light therapy episode. Right. Where we talked about seasonal affective disorders. People are coming out of their funk. They're right. ready to get back out there. And then when it's cold and shitty and dark, people are like, I want to go to my couch or my bed. That's what I want to yeah. do. Although I will say that just last night, you told me that you didn't want to message anybody on a dating app for fear that they might ask you out on a date. And right now you couldn't actually bear to be close to somebody because it's so goddamn hot. <laughs> I know. I was sitting there in a moment where I would normally be like, oh, look at my Bumble or yeah. Tinder or whatever. And I was like, no, God, what if someone wants to go out? Sweat is literally pouring out of every <laughs> part of me right now. I cannot do my hair. I no. cannot put makeup on. No. I can't do it. I must wait for this heat wave to pass before I date. <laughs> Today was much nicer. I, I hope for good things. I took a shower. I put on some makeup. Mm -hmm. I still got pretty sweaty, but I was like, there you are. <laughs> oh, starting to get a little hair. worried. <laughs> This is what you'd look like if you lived in the elements oh. under a bridge for a while. <laughs> like a troll person. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you saw a lot of me the last week, so we maybe that's why you identified me as a troll person out loud. <laughs> Did you identify me that way in your head? No, not at all. You literally <laughs> just said under a bridge in the elements. Could you imagine? We're watching TV and you look God. over at me and in your head, you're like, she looks like a troll person. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, mating season. So 
we we don't have that in particular. But given our cycle as females, we do have increased libido approaching ovulation, right? Because we want to biologically up our chances of Mm -hmm. getting a little fetus. Not me. I would would not like to up my chances. Sounds horrible. (laughs) I am done with fetuses. Fetus eye? Probably not. Yeah. Fetus eye? No. No. (laughs) I have a question. Yes. I have an ethical question. Oh, boy. (laughs) If you're looking at all this stuff from the lens of this is natural, this is biology, this is what nature does, Mm -hmm. you know, and all of these species tend to not take into account age or gender. And so there's a lot of situations where you've got very young adolescent animal engaging in sexual behavior with adult animal. Yeah, it's very common. And I know that typically their lifespan is shorter than ours. So maybe they reach puberty faster than humans do. But that was one thing that I thought was a little challenging. Yeah, agreed. First of all, I don't know exactly how this metaphor, I'll call it, works, but they talk about like dog years being like seven years to one human year, right? Clearly, because they don't live as long, their biology and everything does mature faster than ours. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I definitely struggled with that part of it, especially given that the soapbox I'm standing on with this shit is like, look, this is normal behavior. Right. Then I read the part about sex with juveniles and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Like a pedophile is just going to be like, this is in our nature. Yeah. No, no, it's really not. I know. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a whole fucking other discussion for sure. It's a can of worms, but. Yeah. But I do know some things about child development and brain development in humans. I don't know anything about brain development in animals. Mm. So I can say that I know for a fact that preteens, teenagers, their frontal lobe is drastically reforming and they have the logical reasoning of toddlers, which is why they're so impulsive and so emotional and quick to react and lash out. You know, there's all these studies done on that. And I'm sure there are studies done on animals too. I just don't have to know that to help raise them. Mm -hmm. So I haven't read those things. Right. But you know, I know for a fact that a 12-year-old is in no way qualified, I, maybe that's not the right word at all, but to make a decision regarding sex with an adult. Mm-hmm. And there's that power dynamic at play. And like, I'm sure that there's power dynamics at play with animals as well. Yeah. I don't know anything about their brain development, though. One of the things this article did say is that often it's the juvenile like initiating things Mm -hmm. but in the same way that like baby boys just grab their junk and play with it because it is a thing to hold on to and feels good maybe it's that i don't know Well, and if it feels good for them to touch it right you know it's yeah it's It's fraught It's something that people that have more expertise than us yes. about animals and science and psychology right. would have to address. But it's troubling for me, for sure. It's definitely a hard thing to look at and be like, oh, okay, well, yeah. can't ignore that this is common, but... Yeah, I, was, I almost was hoping we'd just skip over that section, but I Sorry. recognize the necessity of being well-rounded I'm here. I'm not a very good sweep things under the rug person. No, you're really not. And nor should you be. Nobody should be. Let's fucking talk about all our shit, guys. Don't be afraid of conflict. Just be kind. Let it out. Yeah. Approach with kindness. Release the beast. That's oh, not really being kind. <laughs> Releasing the beast? Yeah. Sometimes you just need to be kind to yourself, though. And if that means releasing the beast, then so be it. That's true. Speaking of beasts, uh, <laughs> have you heard of a liger? 
Yeah, you know, that orange t-shirt that my daughter wears all the time. Yeah. It says the Ligers on it. Yeah. It <laughs> says Meg's on the back because it was from a soccer team that I was on mm-hmm. when I played indoor soccer for a hot minute, like a crazy person who actually enjoys running, which I don't. My daughter wears that shirt all the yeah. time now because it does not fit me well anymore. We did name our team after Ligers because they talked about it in Napoleon Tiger. Yeah. Did you know they're real? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Also, Tigans. They both are real. Why would there be a liger and a... It's which one's the male and which one's the female of the lion and the tiger. A liger is a hybrid offspring of a male lion and a female tiger. So a tigan is a male tiger and a female lion. Tigan sounds pretty badass. The tigan is the largest of all known extant felines, whatever that means. So there's a section, speaking of ligers, there's a section on interspecies sex... And it says some animals opportunistically mate with individuals of another species. This is more commonly observed in domesticated species and animals in captivity, possibly because captivity is associated with a decrease in aggression and an increase in sexual receptivity. Or maybe because there's not really a lot of fucking options because you're captive. Also that. (laughs) It's a book about that. It's called Flowers in the Attic. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much interspecies, and this article here does not cover incest, so. Oh, you just ruined it for everyone. Oh, yeah, because B.C. Andrews is super current. God, I read that shit in middle school, and I was like, why am I allowed to read this? So bad. She's releasing tons of stuff all the time, notwithstanding the fact she died like 20 years ago. Still? Somebody just, you know, uses her name. Okay. She's got ghostwriters. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Quick little sidebar. On My Favorite Murder, they talked about doing a book club for a while. Okay. And then they picked their first one was My Sweet Audrina. (gasps) Are you serious? That is a fucked up book. Also, V.C. Andrews, folks. And then they were like, never mind. This is terrible. This was a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, no. My Sweet Audrina is, that's one that I also read in like middle school. I'm pretty sure it was summer. And I was just like, wow, there is a lot of education happening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a whole different kind of summer school. I've learned a lot this summer. Yeah. Disturbing. Okay. Well, (laughs) speaking of disturbing, part of this section here. So remember Alfred Kinsey, we talked about the Kinsey scale of sexuality and. Yep. So Alfred Kinsey cites reports of sexual activity involving a female eland, which I don't know what that means, with an ostrich, a male dog with a chicken. Wait, what? A male monkey with a snake. No, these didn't actually produce offspring, And right? a female chimpanzee with a cat. I don't know if they produced offspring, but they had sex. Okay, well... A snake? Have you seen American Pie? The guy has... <laughs> the guy... Has sex with an apple pie. He's not going to produce, like... No, okay. Baby. (laughs) Teeny little crab apples. What are those things that you buy? They're, like, single serve. (laughs) Like the McDonald's pie? (laughs) No, those things you used to get that were, like... A mini muffin? No. (laughs) They were, like, glazed, individually packaged, and they had... Don't know. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like he fucked a pie and they're not going to produce. Okay, yes, but I, I'm struggling to get my mind around a monkey with a snake. No, it's the dolphin snake. and the eel. It's like, what makes me feel good? It's, oh. not, a, it's not about reproducing. It's about what well, right. feels not- good on my genitals. 
Ew. I guess I'm reading this as penetrative sexual activity, right. which it probably does not necessarily mean that at all. I mean, we're smart enough to make vibrators. I bet if you gave a monkey a vibrator or some other animal that could hold it and manipulate it, they would need new batteries every day. Thumbs <laughs> are helpful. On that note, and we're way too late for you all who are going to hear this in a week, but <laughs> yesterday, July 31st, was National Orgasm Day. So I hope you all celebrated. You can have a makeup orgasm. It's fine. Every day is fucking National Orgasm. <laughs> That's right. It's like amateur day. Who needs it? Who needs it on (laughs) the calendar? It's like Valentine's Day. Like, I don't want to be told to tell somebody I love them. I can love them every day. Get your orgasm day off the calendar. This is Hallmark holiday bullshit. (laughs) Can you imagine Hallmark selling cards for celebrating National Orgasm Day? I'm going to get you a card next year for National (gasps) Orgasm Day. Please do. I'm going to do it. Maybe a condom or some kind of like little sex toy to go along with it. Not a condom. Oh, raw dog in it. Okay. Well, I was assuming you'd be using it by yourself, but I, that's just me being oh, stupid. Well, <laughs> thanks. I am alone a lot. Just kidding. Well, we're the voles in the hole together. So <laughs> now I need to see what a vole looks like. Ew. It's going to make me No, sad. they're not good. You don't know. I do know. You may decide that it's cute. No, I don't think so. I was thinking of the naked mole rats at the Pacific Science Center Ew. who are definitely not cute. Voles essentially look like mice. Oh. Gross. Well, I mean, mice are cuter than naked mole rats. I mean, this Still picture is kind of cute. Look, he's got his little hands full and he's stuffing his face with something. Okay, look at that as the vole I look like. <laughs> <laughs> He needs to lose a few. That vole is us. She's a little round. (laughs) I do have one more rather disturbing section here. Oh, lay it on us. The end of this Wikipedia entry talks about necrophilia. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Now, I assume everyone knows what that means, but... Well, we better define it. It means engaging in a sexual act with a dead animal. Or a person. Well, if you're an animal, hopefully it's another animal. And if you're a person, hopefully you're not doing it at all. But okay, this is not going (laughs) in a good place. Okay. Anyway. Okay, it's getting dark. So it says that necrophilia has been observed in mammals, birds, reptiles, and frogs. (laughs) There's a little snippet here that says, same-sex necrophilia has been reported between two male mallard ducks. One duck was believed to be pursuing another duck with the goal of rape, a common aspect of duck sexual behavior, which I did not know. Wow. I knew they were assholes. I'm not giving them any more bread. (laughs) When the second duck collided with a window and died immediately, the observer, Kees Moliker, suggested that, quote, when one died, the other one just went for it and didn't get any negative feedback. Well, didn't get any feedback. Oh, well. The case study earned Moliker an Ig Nobel Prize in biology, awarded for research that cannot and should not be reproduced. Now, Wait a minute, he got a no. No, 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 no. Okay. He got an Ig Nobel Prize. What the fuck is so, that? It's a satiric prize awarded annually since 1991 okay. to celebrate 10 unusual or trivial achievements in scientific research. Its stated aim is to, quote, honor achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. And it's a play on the word ignoble, which means not noble. Do you ever think when you're reading through this stuff, maybe there's something a little bit wrong with these people that that's what they want to study? 
Now, this guy didn't necessarily study it. It just says he was an observer. Like, he saw it happen. Well, he just okay, saw it happen. So he's not like a scientist or anything? I don't know. He just saw a duck raping a dead duck, and now it's... he got an award? He watched two ducks flying. One flew into a window and died, and then something happened, and he said something about and it. And this is considered scientific research? No. Oh, okay. It's an Ig Nobel Prize. <laughs> well, I know, but it made it into the article, so. Well, because it's a good example of necrophilia. We talk about that guy from our proud state of Washington that um, oh, had sex with the horse. The horse had sex with him. Yeah, right. And it didn't go his, well. His colon like burst and it killed him or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an infamous farm in a rural town south of Seattle. This was in like the mid two thousands. Get a horse to go there. I mean, I, you I, are asking the wrong person. <laughs> Do you buy it a couple drinks and give it a few apples? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I really don't know. <laughs> this is a real fucked up episode. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. He wasn't just having a private date with a horse. No, he And then other him. people filmed and distributed this pornography of him receiving from a stallion under the alias Mr. Hands. Ew. It says, after engaging in this activity on multiple occasions over an unknown span of time, he received fatal internal injuries in yeah. one such incident. Now, I have never seen a horse penis. <laughs> But it gives a whole new meaning to hung like a horse. (laughs) Well, for real, because I have seen a zebra penis. (laughs) I have too because of you. You're welcome. Oh my God. It's so much. Oh my God. It's like another fucking leg. It's insane. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but it seems like the appropriate episode to retell it on if you have, but I don't think you have. Okay. So when my daughter was like two, we were in San Diego for Thanksgiving, visiting my parents and we went to the San Diego zoo, a famous, wonderful zoo. Right. And I don't love zoos. I was going to say it's an amazing zoo, but I have lots of feelings. about. I have a lot of feelings about zoos as well. I will say the safari park in San Diego is quite nice. They have a much broader expanse of land for the animals. They clearly are very concerned about conservation and you don't see a lot of animals like in little cages which is nice that's why i don't have a panda in my backyard (laughs) did we tell that story i don't think think we did (laughs) just real quick i gave something away for free when i was trying to clean out my garage and these people came to pick it up and they had this kid he was probably like three or four and i have a bunch of bamboo growing in my backyard which the prior owners i guess put there And this little boy asked me, why do you have so much bamboo if you don't have a panda? (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. It's very cute. Oh, he was cute. Anyway, San Diego Zoo. We are walking by the zebra exhibit enclosure, whatever, with our two-year-old daughter. Suddenly, there's like this kerfuffle happening. There's, I don't know, four zebras in there. And we hear like this weird squeal, very loud noise. And then two of them are just running. And everyone stops. I mean, there's lots of people around. Everyone stops and is like, what the fuck's happening? From what we could discern while they were running, we were trying to figure out piecing together as we're talking to people. What just happened? One male zebra went over and was like, hitting on a lady zebra. (laughs) And another male zebra was like, the fuck you? 
you do? <laughs> and started chasing him. Yeah. He's like, get away from my lady, right? They were very loud and fast and just running in circles for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they calmed down. And when they calmed down and stopped running, the original zebra who'd been trying to hit on the lady had... And it took everyone a minute to see it because it legit looked like a fucking leg. <laughs> he was anything but calm down. <laughs> oh, my God. It, I, I swear to God, this thing was two feet long. You sent me the picture. I have a picture. You're welcome. And I was like, what am I looking yeah. at? I didn't even know you then. I have still I've saved the picture because it's so <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh well, and I'm such an asshole. I tried to, like, sit my daughter up on the fence and <laughs> Oh my like god. Have her in the foreground. Huge zebra penis. Behind my beautiful daughter. But she wasn't having it. She didn't know anything about what was going on there, obviously. But she was just not into the whole like I'm gonna sit on the fence and have you take a picture of me. And she was right. You know, I'll give her that. But I still think it would have been funny. But yeah, it was remarkable. Yeah, like, where does it go? I mean... So he's a grower, not a shower. Clearly. Yeah. No, no, I mean when it's inside. Oh, well... I know, I know where it is inserted. But, like, there's so <laughs> Megan, much of it. Megan, let me tell you about the birds and the bees. There's so much of it. It needs a three-bedroom vagina. <laughs> I mean, you're certainly not talking about like a hot dog down a hallway scenario here. God. <laughs> well, you are after he has sex with you. <laughs> yeah. You're just like a cavern. Hello. It's hello. Like one hello, and done. Hello. You can't come back from that. <laughs> <laughs> it's elastic. Well, that zebra's going to have to do kegels all day. <laughs> Send her in for a pelvic floor examination. <laughs> Let's get some mess. Okay, up we in need there. to fucking stop this. <laughs> wow. Sorry, everyone. Terrible people. (laughs) Terrible people. Just the worst. Hopefully entertaining, though. We find us funny. (laughs) I recommend not Googling bestiality. Oh, no. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Don't do it. I'm not sure that we solved anything, but that was sure interesting. What was there to solve? Here's what I would like to solve. I would like to solve people fucking judging other people's sexual behavior. Unless you're a pedophile, in which case you can fuck off. People fucking judging other people's fucking. Yes, that's what I said. Or beings. Or beans. Beings. Like other beings. Other beings. Yeah, well, just stop judging each other. don't fuck each other. (laughs) And don't say fuck the bean again. I hate that expression. Oh, God. There are so many ridiculous euphemisms for masturbation. I know. Choke the chicken. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Say some more. Flog the something. Now I can't remember what that one is. I'm um, going to Google it. Hang on. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ringing the devil's doorbell. <laughs> yep. Okay. Here's what pops up. Poaching the egg. What? Shaking hands with the milkman. <laughs> Marching the penguin. <laughs> Double clicking. Petting the cat. Mm-hmm. Lone rangering. Uh, wow. <laughs> Boxing the one-eyed champ. <laughs> Cuffing the carrot. Carrot? <laughs> Doing a Meg Ryan. What? Oh, like from the... When Harry okay. met Sally, yeah, yeah. Okay. Paddling the pink canoe. <laughs> Burping the worm. Okay. Auditioning the finger puppets. <laughs> Singing soprano. And it says, watching the Magic Mike XXL trailer. Obviously. <laughs> Okay, on that note. <laughs> Shucking Mike. the corn. Sorry, I can't. Shucking the corn. Downstairs DJ. <laughs> playing five on one. I like this one the best. Taking the self-guided tour. 
Oh, <laughs> yes. I'm familiar with that tour. So on that note, we're going to get out of here and stop this ridiculousness for today. <laughs> you all, please go online. Find us on Instagram at Prosecco Theory and merch on TeePublic. You can email us at cheers at ProseccoTheory.com. You can download and subscribe wherever you listen. You can also rate and review there. Anyway, toodaloo, everybody. <laughs> toodaloo. <laughs> cheers, Megan. Cheers.